Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this episode, we're talking about all things haunted amusement parks. Yes. Yes. But first, um, so now you guys listen to us after our bonus episode, which we try to get this up beforehand. Yeah, but we had a weird thing. This is the second time recording. So... But um, so if you haven't listened to it already, uh, go back and listen to Mariah's uh, episode. She talks about our her uh, situation here in the case we helped out with her. But also an announcement: our Halloween episode that is coming out. Yes. Well, which is yeah. So our Halloween episode is going to be a live podcast episode from a haunted location. So you get to see us. Well, t- I know you don't like being on camera. Yeah, but I hate it. <laughs> You get to see us do this, what we're doing right now, live from, like I said, a haunted location. Yeah, which we're not going to give the location yet, just because um, we're still working out everything. Yeah. And then yeah. that episode that we recorded for people who missed it or couldn't watch it at yeah. the time, uh, that will be out Monday so you can at least listen to it. Yeah, because the live episode will most likely be a Saturday. Yeah. And then the actual episode. And I'm going to try and, and not edit it as heavy as I normally do. So if there is anything, you guys can hear it, like EVPs or anything yeah. like that. So I'm just going to kind of do the basic editing so it's not super like edited down. And then right after we're done recording, well, not right after, but leading into, if you stay on Hidden Shadows podcast on Instagram, where mm-hmm. the live most likely will come from, or Shadow Walker Paranormal Instagram Live, you can see our live investigation of said location, right? So... You get a twofer. Yeah, that sounds weird. A twofer? Yeah. Twofer. <laughs> you get a twofer there, Billy. Yeah. So, look forward to that. We'll release the date and the uh, place with the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Once we get everything figured out. Live episode from I Had the Location and also leading into a live investigation. Yep. And then also, um, of course, along the way, uh, we'll probably, because it's like a little road trip for the team. Um, we'll probably record little snippets here and there so you guys can see us because, yeah. And that's just what we have planned for the, well, around Halloween. Yeah. Right? But we're also going to have bonus episodes all of October, of course, the Paranormal Roundtable, um, and also other guests we have coming out as well. Yeah. So it's a... It's a Roundtables. Yeah. yeah. It's a packed month. Yeah. Going to the roundtables really quick. So the first roundtable is investigators. Same thing with the second roundtable is investigators. And then the third round tables um, is going to be psychics and mediums and anybody that basically has any sort of ability. And we're going to talk a lot about because we have some paranormal investigators coming on that are also psychic mediums. So you'll be able to hear kind of their side of investigating, but as a paranormal medium. So like ways they protect themselves and ways they approach investigations and how they don't take things home with them and, you know, they cleanse their energy and all of that stuff. So it'll be a good one. one. You know I'm thinking now? Hmm? I'm thinking when we get everything said and done, Mm -hmm. we should just have like a bonus episode, just announcements. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is like a snippet to a a bigger piece later on. Yeah. Possibly. Anyway. Yeah. I don't want to worry with so much of the details until the answer is finalized. Basically teasing you. Uh, But on to today's episode, which lives in infamy with the idea of a haunted amusement park. Because you think amusement park, you think happy, fun, you know, Mm -hmm. excitement and stuff like that. You never think of something 
sinister happening there, or at least the dead still hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because a lot, it's crazy because a lot of these amusement parks, you know, they have like, you go to an amusement park and you, uh, the worst thing you think about is, oh, snap, like somebody dying on a ride. But unfortunately, with some of these amusement parks, it's happened and that has created spirits that stay behind, whether it be because of just the brutality of the death and not just not able to cross or what. So the first one we're going to go into is single handedly doesn't even have to be in the amusement parks category. It's probably one of the most haunted locations in America. And even when you talk about abandoned locations, it's it's up there. And that is Lake Shawnee in West Virginia. So tons of different investigators have gone to this location over the years. And it's definitely got some brutal back history to it. The park originally operated in 1926 and closed in 1967. So it operated for about 40 years. But we're going to go back even further to the 1700s because that's when the first kind of dark events took place that kind of created a little bit of a dark aura around this uh, abandoned amusement park. The area itself goes back to the 1700s. There was a settler named Mitchell Clay who decided to settle on the land where the Lake Shawnee Amusement Park is. Clay had 14 children, which that's a lot, but mm. I guess back in the day, or the settler that he had covered over uh, 800 acres and he was one of the first settlers to settle in that area in 1775 mitchell clay decided to bring his family to the area eight years later three of his kids were killed two kids were killed at, like immediately and then the other ezekiel was brought to some articles didn't really say they said an, another area, another state. And then one article was actually specific and said to Ohio where he was burned at the stake, which I didn't even know that that happened. So basically the native tribe had kidnapped him and then took him to another area and burned him at the stake. And his dad ended up, who was Mitchell Clay, ended up finding that out, obviously upset he rallied with some other settlers, tracked down the uh, group of native men that was involved in the killing, and killed them. But when you kind of understand, as I go on further with this story, and I won't get like to the full story to the end of all this, but you understand kind of the severity of maybe the point of view from the native tribes, obviously. But yeah, so it wasn't until basically the Clay family did not want to stay on the land anymore. They had horrible memories. They were done. They didn't want anything to deal with that settlement. So they Clay decided to, or Mitchell Clay decided to pick up his family and move them. It wasn't until the 1920s when the amusement park came into the picture. So that was more than a hundred years later. A business guy named, I'm going to butcher this because you know how I am with names, Conley T. Snydow. 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 This is what it looks like. It's I'm literally pronouncing it how it's spelled, so I don't okay. know. Um, in 1926, Snydow decided to start developing an amusement park and brought in a Ferris wheel, a swing ride, and eventually a swimming pool, racetrack, concession stands, dance halls, and cabins for overnight stay. And, you know, added in a pond, added in like a water area. Funny story, my dad, his, his mother actually hung out at Lake Shawnee when it was a thing. Hey, how long ago was that? Yeah, she's older. 
I know that. But, like, I mean, she was young. She was, like, a young girl. Oh. But So, apparently, during the amusement park's time, there had been six visitors that had died during the whole course of the amusement park. Um, but the two that made their way into the public eye was a young girl who died on the swings and a boy who died in the pond. According to other articles, there was another boy that died in the, in the lake that wasn't used for swimming. But uh, the main two that were really mentioned were the boy in the pond and the girl at the swings. Even though the park basically closed in 1967 due to a failed health inspection, it was really when the girl's death, like a lot of people kind of think it was more so the girl's death that caused the closure than the actual failed health inspection. Like that was just like the icing on top of the cake. But the girl was what kind of moved them to close. And the way the girl died was kind of crazy. Apparently she was on the swings and there was a delivery truck delivering drinks to the park to the park that day and as it was turning around it backed into the swings while she was on it how do you even do that i don't know but you know what who knows can they got the swings i remember from like music parks i went to as a kid and like they're kind of like you have to be blind not to see it yeah but it was probably it's probably like an accident because you think like we were talking he was about reversing the or that he's going straight but he's reversing hit I gas i don't know i don't know but so it wasn't until 1985, more than 20 years later, that another businessman or entrepreneur named Gaylord White had uh, piqued some interest into the location. So this is kind of where it, it differs a little bit. Uh, there was an article where a relative of Mr. White had said that they were basically going to revive the amusement park because uh, Mr. White had been a previous employee at the original amusement park. So he wanted to kind of revive that. Um, There's another article, I believe, on Wikipedia that stated that he wanted to develop it into a neighborhood. So there's kind of a discrepancy with that. And the White family still owns it, mind you. So one article says that, you know, he wanted to build a neighborhood when he started digging. That's when they started finding artifacts and stuff like that of native tribes. Other article, if you go the other route, and while they wanted to revitalize the amusement park, it was open just for a short span in the summer, and they wanted to reopen it and kind of, it didn't really work, so they kind of wanted to reopen it and do um, other things with the with the area. One of the things that they wanted to do was mud bogging. And when they were digging to create the area, I guess, to mud bog. I don't know. I've never mud bogged. Mm. Um, so um, when they were digging, they also started finding artifacts. So either story kind of is different, but the end result is the same. So basically they started digging and they started pulling up artifacts. And so they contacted the Marshall University, who basically spent several years upheaving all of this stuff, trying to figure out what was under the land. And what they had discovered was tons of artifacts, but they had stopped once they started seeing uh, children, skeletons and and like burial sites. The experts believed that more than 3,000 bodies were buried there, but a total of 13 skeletons were found. Experts had said that they believed that some flu or disease had spread throughout the tribe and to save majority of the tribe. The elders and the children stayed behind and then they migrated the tribe somewhere else, but they believed that 
that's what wiped out the Shawnee tribe during the 1700s. So, so long story short, it was a huge native burial ground predominantly with children. And they believe that the experts that have done all this digging and like archaeology type stuff had concluded that they believed that the bones and the burial sites was there before settlers. So like way before settlers. Mitchell Clay settled there. He settled on top of a children's native burial ground. Um, And anybody that knows a lot of paranormal activity, a lot of stuff like that, that or anything that's kind of like uprooted, weird Cursed type lands has started when you kind of start messing with native burial grounds. Obviously, this place has seen a lot of paranormal investigators. Mm -hmm. It's been featured on tons of TV shows, Scariest Places on Earth, uh, Travels Channels, Scariest Places in America, The Unexplained, and even Jack Osborne's Portal at Hells. He was even there. So, yeah, he was there. I know, but Lake Shiny are really a portal hill. I don't know because the stuff isn't real sinister. Like, I mean, you see it being haunted and you know, dark energy being drawn there because mm-hmm. all the death and stuff. But a portal to hell, then again, he might have been ran out of portals to hell and he's just like, <laughs> going, just oh, like this place is haunted. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like when I was looking up, I don't know because I think a lot of the experiences is word of mouth. I don't think it's really written down, but some of the paranormal stuff that they've that has been recorded or has said is you know like obviously seeing shadow figures hearing chanting footsteps um having experiences of the little girl uh seeing swings move when they shouldn't be and then there was one article that i did find where the the person was talking about if you look at the lake where the boy drowned you could see his reflection like if you look into it you see yours and you could see the little boy i know they do do offerings to the little girl on the swing so they'll leave like teddy bears the white family still owns it and they actually are very open for paranormal investigators they just you know, to give tours and stuff like that. They just want you to contact them first because it is obviously private property. So um, anybody listening that would be interested in is in the West Virginia area. If you reach out and you reach out to them and do the tours and stuff like that. And then I think during the Halloween season, they actually have a specific event or events. I don't know if it's one one day or multiple days during the, the season. But they have like this huge bonfire and people retell stories that have occurred there. Buns. Okay, so when I was doing this research, I did not remote view anywhere. Like how channeling anything that I always talk about, like when I talk to talk about a spot. So one of the things but this one I did. This specific like Lake Shawnee, I started channeling when I was researching. And for me, this is what I saw is I saw this blue ribbon intertwining near the swings of the where the little girl apparently died. I saw that. Um, and I could hear like laughing and running. So I don't know. And then the, for me, the back of my head, like underneath like your head bone, like when it starts your neck, like right at the top of the spine, I could feel like a radiating pain. And then this is what would make me, this is what I would research if I was going there, like try to, trying to figure it out by the, ferris wheel and i could like i wish sometimes i had drawing skills to draw these channelings but by the ferris wheel because you know it was making me pay attention to like the swing area that's where i kind of was um by the ferris wheel there was this huge shadow thing huge 
it the best way to describe it too i hate like saying it because it sounds so cliche but it looked like slenderman but imagine him all slenderman slenderman oh (laughs) that is last name mr slenderman joe slenderman oh my gosh but okay slenderman like he he his lankiness his like stretch lookingness no face that's what it kind of looked like but it was standing by the ferris wheel so if i ever go there i'm gonna be checking out the ferris wheel because that's Makes you think, get you know, off off uh, the tangent here, but makes you think that maybe the, uh, the whole Slenderman game was based on an entity scene at Lake Shawnee, and someone thought it'd make a good idea for a game and gave it more lore. I don't know. And giving it more lore allowed the entity that was there to powerful in a way. I don't know. Conspiracy yeah. theories? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> But there is, there was a situation that happened when the paranormal investigator for the Discovery Channel, I believe, when they came there, uh, she went into, she had gone into a ticket booth, an old, like an old timey ticket booth that was still there. And so she went inside of it, you know, just to check it out and she couldn't get out. She was screaming and screaming for help and couldn't get out. The doors aren't supposed to lock. So nobody understood why she couldn't get out. Mm. So that was probably the only like kind of like creepy, creepy encounter that I've I found that was written down or, or like told and and written down. Um, so it's definitely a place I want to go and kind of see and experience because it's not far from here either. Mm-mm. Not far at all. Okay, so moving on. So obviously, we go to Lake Shawnee. It's probably the most haunted one, but. The mo when you when you hear amusement parks, the first thing you kind of hear or, or think of is what? Disney World. Disney World or Disneyland, which is obviously Disney parks. Yeah. So I was able to find more legends with Disneyland for whatever reason. And I always thought Disney World came first, but it's Disneyland. Disneyland is the one that's in California. Yeah. But I always thought, I don't know why I always thought Orlando was first. Disneyland was 1955 and Disney World was 1971 that it was built. So, so yeah. So, we're going to go into a couple of these legends and things that cast members and employees have experienced. And there's a long list. So, I'm not even going to, like, touch into the list. There's probably tons of other ones. Mm. So, highly suggest if you want to know more, definitely look into it because there is there is definitely more. But the first one I want to talk about is the Mainstream Fire Station, which is in Disneyland. This is a location that is considered haunted uh, amongst crew members. And the story behind it was basically uh, the apartment on top of the fire station was a frequent spot or home base for Walt Disney while the park was being built. After it was built, he decided to basically kind of stay there frequently. So basically whenever he was in the park, he would stay at this apartment even after it was, you know, finished being built and everything was going good and whatnot. Various celebrities and VIPs would visit him at the spot and to signify to people he was there, he would leave a light on in the window. There had been an incident where a maintenance worker was leaving for the night, turned off the light and headed out of the Main Street fire station. As she was leaving, she turned around and noticed the light was turned back on. Completely astonished, she went back up, uh, turned it off, and headed back down. When she turned around to double check, light was turned back on. Completely astonished, she went back up and she turned the light off. But this time, instead of going back down, she stayed there and watched the light turn back on 
in front of her. After that, because it was such a significant thing to Walt Disney to leave the light on when he was alive, the way that it kind of happened, they thought it was, and they still think that Walt Disney haunts that area of the park like he never left he died but he never left that that area and so to pay homage to him they leave the light on consistently now but crew members and cast members have all said that they have heard everything from footsteps to knocking coming from that area so yeah Mm -hmm. as if he's not frozen oh yeah there's that conspiracy theory right yeah you're frozen so so you live forever weird i guess though if you put so much like energy and time and your life into building something that massive i guess i wouldn't leave it in the afterlife either mm. a lot of these places talk about incidences that cause death um it's not uncommon with a lot of these amusement park especially with the hauntings that a lot of these stem from ride accident and this next one which is talking about the monorail is talking about a, a, a death that occurred on the ride i had stumbled upon while I was researching an article where a previous Disney employee actually went through these uh, different legends and haunts and stuff like that. And one of the things that she talked about or she told was the monorail. This one goes back to 1966. Apparently back in the day, they would host an overnight event at Disneyland for graduates. A 19-year-old boy decided to sneak into the park and go over the fence to get onto the monorail tracks to sneak into the park. A security guard had warned him not to go there, but basically he was like, I'm not listening to you. And he went anyways. Long story short, he was hit by the monorail and his body was dragged 30 to 40 feet before the train stopped. And according to legend, could see the young man around the monorail track lurking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died a very horrendous death. Could you imagine? I could not imagine that. You know, he just wanted to be there for graduation. I don't know why he would have to sneak into the park, maybe not to pay. Well, I mean, think about how much tickets are now. <laughs> yeah i, I saved up 20 years for this oh my gosh but um so another disney spot and probably one of the most talked about in terms of weirdness is this uh it's a small world ride which is creepy on its own right yeah so basically it's a water ride and it takes you through this tunnel thing and you're in this little raft thing and it's a bunch of like animatronic in there they refer to them as dolls but I don't know. I guess they can be considered um, dolls. When you look at articles that describe the ride and stuff like that, they refer to the things as dolls, which creeps me out. Um, There are some articles that said that they believe crew members that had died within Disney are there haunting that ride. So I don't know. I don't know. That's just what some articles assume, I guess. So crew members and employees have reported that the lights will turn on and off. The dolls or the characters continue to dance even though the electricity to them is off. Uh, even several hours later, after they turn everything off, they'll still be going. And there was even articles that had said the. Ha- this is what creeps me out. Okay, that the hair on some of the dolls of or the animatronics grow, and that the position that they're in when they leave is different. So, like when the lights but go out, this- and like the people with maintenance, like they're cleaning stuff up here. It's a small world. Of- ah! Creepy. But I'm wondering, and this is one thing I was researching when I was kind of looking like inside the ride. Um, And again, it was weird because I got the stuff with Lake Shawnee, but I didn't get anything with Disneyland stuff. (laughs) That was interesting. But I'm wondering because it's a water ride, if the water, you know how water is a conduit, if they're able to pull energy from the water itself. Mm. You know what I mean? 
because it's constantly flowing. I don't know if they would they turn the water off or is it a constant flow? I think they turn off the um, kind of like a wave pool. Yeah. Kind of like turn off the flow of it and they just let water just sits. Yeah. So yeah. either way, there's still that. You know, one of my biggest fears, one of my biggest fears is, you know, that ride, it, it's at Fiesta, Texas, San Antonio, mm. but I think all amusement parks kind of have it, but it's that one where it's like the, the, it looks like a river and it takes you in the, and not in the raft, but it's that circle thing. And there's like waterfalls at random spots and you get like wet and it's like you, you slosh back and forth and it can pick up speed. It's like rapids you know what i'm talking about only thing i recruit like that is called the log ride no it's not that one it's yeah. not like a big drop or anything like that it's like a it goes around in like a big circle rapids if that makes sense like you're rafting but in a oh big, i think we're talking about that thing, yeah you could spin and like certain people get wet worse because they're under the water yeah but uh my biggest fear is like falling out of that and being in the water. I don't know why that freaks me out. Like any any weird murky the water like, like maybe two feet deep. I know, but any weird murky <laughs> water freaks me out. Like I could not go like rafting or anything like that. Like I to be dumped into water. I don't know if that was like a past life thing or what. But this next ride kind of alludes to that. So the next ride, and I have actually heard about this before. Do, even doing this episode and it's the tom sawyer sawyer island apparently disneyland has this ride and so does disney world and it's basically a separate area where you would actually have to boat to it and it looks like this broken down like island hut huts and stuff like that like really broken down like you know what i mean mm. like broken down and but basically you have to to raft and there was a death that took place an 18 year old boy and a 10 year old boy they were brothers they decided to stay after hours swim in this open body of water now mind you there's signs all over this little island thing this little attraction island thing that says beware of snakes spiders and malevolent wildlife so that to me tells me that there could be alligators Right? Mm. It's a, it's possible, right? An alligator didn't get at them or anything like that. But the 18-year-old ended up drowning. And the way they had it, had it was the 18-year-old boy was swimming and the brother was on his back. The 18-year-old boy got tired and ended up drowning and the brother had to swim on the back of the brother. So the 10-year-old swam on the back of the 18-year-old to get help. You know what I'm saying? To so use like, his dead brother as a life raft? Yeah, technically. The story said. So, um, obviously, a death like that, I mean, it's possible that could be haunted, that area. I know they closed it down for a while because of that. Because that attraction was supposed to go after, like, technically, like, human fears. Like, not necessarily, like, roller coaster, whoa, mm. fear, but your phobias of, like, just, I guess, like, wildlife. Because it literally looks like, like a bunch of huts. In the middle of like murky water and and wildlife and like forestry and stuff, so there's that one. So Disney World, Disney World, uh, like it had some, but it doesn't have the loads that like Disney Disneyland has. The one for Disney World was about the haunted mansion that there is a man that you can see with a cane 
that rides the Doom Buggies in the Haunted Mansion ride, and he technically stays in the off-loading and on-loading parts. So there's multiple crew members that have seen him. There's riders that have seen them, seen this guy. And there's an, multiple stories within the Haunted Mansion ride. So, yeah, if you guys want to know more, make sure to look it up because... There's a lot. I noticed that famous footage. I can't remember now if it's Atlanta Disney World where it shows this, uh, like a mist of a person walking through the park, like at the middle of the night on CCTV. Mm-hmm. And they say it's Walt because it looks like a ghost, how a ghost would look. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like misty. It's see through. You only see the legs sometimes. You only see the torso sometimes, the head sometimes. I see it walking through the park. Really? Yeah. Interesting. One last park. Um, I know this is only three parks, guys, but most likely gonna do part two. Yeah, parks part two. Yeah, because three. Who knows how how many we can go? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, and there was one I remember reading about that was like a that's abandoned that these um abandoned explorer urban explorers would go to, and there's one at the top of the hill, and I for the life of me could not find it but it gave some creepy vibes it gave me creepy vibes before i even like did the whole paranormal stuff i kind of want to find it again but i couldn't find it so i don't know where i'm supposed to look but Mm. i guess um but this next one is king's island amusement park in ohio uh this is kind of cut and dry bizarre is old background yeah Yeah. um so this one talks about a ghost that's uh, known as the tram girl the racer boy and then there's another ghost there that is frequently seen called tower johnny and who named these people i don't know no i don't know (laughs) um so king's island amusement park is still up and running and this is just like the three main ones that people talk about so one of them is a, a guest report seeing a young girl in a blue dress they believe she is in the park cemetery. Which, speaking of park cemetery, did you know that Disney Parks is thinking about letting you spread your ashes and having a cemetery on site? That just sounds like a bad uh, idea. Charge you like you know twelve thousand dollars to have your body buried there, or probably even yeah. more. They're just asking to have more ghosts. Yeah. yeah. So I guess there's a, a cemetery at this amusement park, but they believe she was she's. Was in the park cemetery. People see her at the international restaurant in the Whitewater Canyon ride, and she's known as a trams girl. Um, but her death dates back from to the 1800s. Mm. Um, and this amusement park, I don't know the exact date. I believe it was 1857 that it opened, but it was in the late 1800s, which I found that interesting. How long has amusement parks been around? Like a long time. Uh, so they started as fairs, and then kind of fairs into. Uh, got the circus, but then they basically took the best aspects from each one. It kind of made it a permanent thing. And then you have, like, a famous amusement park, Coney Island and stuff like that. Yeah. It's been there, like, forever. Well, I think yeah. some. I think one of the, the things was that they took some of the rides from Coney Island um, to this amusement park. And the crazy thing is we're scared to ride roller coasters now. Could you imagine back then? Well, they didn't do loops and stuff. Oh, creaking up there. Ugh. I bet you there wasn't a lot of safety measures. It was kind of just like, hold the strap. No, I know for like like wooden roller coaster There's, rides and stuff oh like that, God. they had to have a guy every morning of the day that the amusement park would be open and oil. Oh my God! The uh the the track, so it'd be it'd be slick and it wouldn't be like like dry because if it was dry, the the cars the wheels wouldn't stick to the track and if it, it could it didn't stick that it would like derail 
get like out. No, there's no way. That would be the last thing. Even in the 1800s, I'd be like, I'm not trusting this thing. Like, we don't need that now because we have magnets and everything. We learned yeah. how that works. But uh, then, yeah, he had to go, you know, guy had to go walk the whole track with a little bucket of oil and white beach, you know, you know, paint essentially each uh, all the way down. Um, How would that? I mean, it sounds sound like it would be a crappy job, but yeah. that's what they had to do. And like Wooden Riot, roller coasters now, like the only amusement park that I essentially went to my entire life was in San Antonio, where we used to live there. It was mm-hmm. Fiesta Texas. Went there, lost count how many times. Yeah. Because it was the only one we had. I mean, that's, yeah. and, but granted, it was awesome. You know, you had a famous Superman ride and other ones. And then <laughs> there was one, I can't remember the damn name, but I doubt it's still around now. But it was a purplish ride, I want to say, or green neon purples, like weird color coat cons. But it was like, it wasn't like wide, it was tall. Mm-hmm. And it had a shit ton of loops and like flips and kind of like all just consistently going down, like swirls and stuff like that. But what pissed me off, I only ever rode it once, is that it kept a whole ride. I felt like I was going to hit my head on, really? on the, on the, the rails. Like that's like the next one. Like I was ducking the whole time. And I'm not a tall person. Yeah. I'm five ten. Then I was probably like five nine, and like I was like ducking, afraid I was gonna hit my head. Yeah. But that was just the illusion, I guess it was giving and stuff like that. She called it a decapitator. But um. <laughs> uh, no, I I remember the funniest thing because I also went there because we went there for some dates too. I remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spiffy guy with spiffy date ideas. No, yeah. just kidding. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, but uh. I remember the poltergeist. That one like took off super fast. Yes. Right. And That's what it was. The poltergeist. That's right. Yeah. I name, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I right, that right over again. I had actually went there a couple years before Isaac and I dated, I believe, and it was with an with my aunt. And I remember I couldn't. I for those of you listening, like one of my fears is I'm um, like roller coasters. I love them, but I hate them. And so I saw how quick the poltergeist would take off, which I think it was like zero to sixty in like three seconds, I think, or whatever it was. It was like a crazy thing. And I remember the funniest thing though was everybody's head when it takes off. How they kind of it's like the typical like whiplash, like wah. So yeah, okay. On to the, the rest of the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. So another uh, ghost that they see at Kings Island Amusement Park in Ohio is a male child who is wearing a white suit. And they can be seen near the racetracks, specifically near when the sun goes down. Apparently, and this is super sad, that the child was actually found in a dip on the shooting star track. Um, and that was one of the rides that was brought over from Coney Island. So, I mean... Maybe we should have left it there. At Coney Island, I know. Mm. But that's kind of sad that the body was just staying there. I mean, wouldn't the parents be like, where's my kid on the ride if it, if the person died on the ride? Yeah. I don't know. That's that's shady, I guess. And then there's another guy called Tower Johnny. And his real name is John Harder. And he was a spirit of a young man that fell... In 1983, while climbing the Eiffel Tower at the park's entrance. So, but, and that, 1983 is not far off either. Because I think the the male child and the girl, well, obviously the girl, but the male child also from a while back. So, um, but a lot of the spirits, they said there's a lot of spirits that haunt this location. 
But there's an abandoned ammo factory, I believe. I believe it's abandoned. That's what some of the articles said. That they believe multiple deaths took place at the ammo factory. Um, and that it, they, I guess the, you know, spirits kind of meld into the amusement park as well. Because, I mean, I guess if I was the spirit, I would want to go to an amusement park versus an ammo factory. So, but those are the three that I've picked because this was kind of like a... Megan wanted to do this episode episode. So <laughs> I don't know. Cause I was, when we were looking up haunted attractions, amusement parks were so vast. And so I thought maybe saving more of the, you know, like Halloween related haunted attractions for October. So in a, in, a, in a theory of why amusement parks should be haunted in the first place. And essentially that's such by most dark, sinister things, not at least the active ones anyway. Is that the energy that is consistently spilled out at amusement parks? You got to think about it. You're always everyone there is actually in relatively good mood. Um, you're always excited. You're always happy. You're always like, oh my god, like the emotions and energy is so high. So the the dead would obviously want to like be around that all the time to make themselves feel more alive. As the same kind of is a reverse with say dark places that like a lot of death and depression and like. Is a, like a horrible places, like essentially that have happened. While you always find evil spirits there, yeah. So essentially, amusement parks being haunted is not so far fetched for good spirits to hang around there, unless said like like deadly thing has happened and like a horrible tragedy, like 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 Shawnee, where some dark sinister things might lurk around. Yeah, yeah. And um, but and that's the thing that I was finding out is that there wasn't. I mean, other than the deaths itself being horrendous, um, you know, obviously with the, you know, deaths on the rides and stuff, that's like, that's like one of the things that ugh, I would not, I would not want to experience. It's probably one of the most horrible ways to die. Other than that, there's not a lot of sinister stuff, except at that abandoned, I got to figure out where it is and who, like what the actual name of the episode, or not episode, but the name of the park is called. I keep getting abandoned park in the sky or something like that. I'm not sure, but um, I got to find it and make sure we do that on a part two of amusement parks because yeah, there was some dark stuff that the explorers experienced there. So I guess I wraps up, up, wraps us up here. Yeah. What is next week? So next week is definitely one that's personal to us. So we have, talked on multiple episodes about the spring branch house or that's what we call it it was a house that isaac and i both lived in and it's one of those ones where i know specifically for me doing what i do now and knowing what i know now i would love to go back and investigate it Uh, someone else owns it obviously but it's one of those spots one of those houses that you know we lived in that it had the most activity it was the most sinister activity. First when we lived together, and yeah, yeah. and I th- and this is what I'm going to go with. It. I've contacted certain people that are like archives people in the city. I am trying to figure out because for the longest time, I always got that the land was bad. Like the land, we're going to try and piece it all together. We're going to tell you encounter stories and kind of piece together what the heck is happening there and who knows maybe one day we'll be able to investigate it. So, stories of the Spring Branch House have been told in pieces 
across our good almost two years now of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to condense them all, even add some that we forgot about. Yeah. yeah. And then I will give you the down low on the history of the house because my parents even told me stuff that I did not even know. There mm-hmm. was actually a massacre that happened on the land. Hey. I know, away I'm, I know, I'm sorry. I everything. Said, but, <laughs> but there's, but I didn't even know that. My, apparently my parents researched that and I was like, great. And we lived there a year later knowing that there was a massacre that occurred, but it was during the settlement times. So, mm. um, but yeah, massacre. So that explains so much of the stuff now. Can we? So, but yeah, so that's going to be next week's and I'm excited to dig into it. And I think. You know, people that have obviously been listening for a while um, know it's a big part of why I personally am into the paranormal as I am into the paranormal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but look forward to that one next week. Um, but uh, as always, guys, you can catch our social media Hidden in the Shadows podcast on Instagram, Hidden in the Shaw Six on uh, on Twitter, uh, Hidden in the Podcast Two on TikTok. Or links to all of social media and always ways to do is at Hidden Shadows Podcast dot com. Um, also, if you're also dealing with anything paranormal, as we said, of uh, uh, go back and listen to the bonus episode with Mariah or even the one previously with um, with uh, Barry. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name. For, I was going to say Rick Barry. But anyway, with Barry Rick, man yeah. with two first names. Um, go back and listen to his uh, testimonial episode about how we helped him out. Uh, you can contact us through Instagram page or through Shadow Walker Paranormal, our paranormal team. Um no case too big, no case too small. If you need our advice on something that dealing with psychic or paranormal, don't be afraid to contact us. We are not so hard to reach, and we're not like, oh, we're not worth our time. Nothing's not worth our time. Yeah. So, um, but as always, guys, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yeah.